Coming to you live from the Super Fortress Hardcore Genki, it's the Raggedy Jam Podcast with your hosts, Raggedy Man and Pink Apple Jam. Hello, welcome to the Raggedy Jam Podcast. I'm Laura Pink Apple Jam Watton Davis. And I'm Andrew Raggedy Man Watton Davis. And this is our month, May 2017, in comics, film, TV, fandom, conventions, and assorted other geekery, nerdery, and generally being excited about stuff. That's us. That's us. <laughs> sarcastic and excited at the same time so this is second podcast Uh, the first one came out last month and we we got enough feedback from everyone that we decided we'd do it another one sure thanks to everybody who downloaded streamed listened emailed commented fed back it's it's good we've not really done a podcast uh with just uh myself and andy on it um we've joined in other people's or or listen to rather a lot and talked about yeah. well, let's do a podcast so now we're actually doing one and this is number two so this is number two it's all pretty cool we'll have some more on that later on sure so thanks for joining us uh, whether it's the first time or again uh we're going to start with tv yeah start with tv all right so our tv coverage is basically netflix although just yesterday we did get a now tv subscription because we're suckers um, now we can, now we can pay for the same content twice. <laughs> I was surprised at how much crossover content there was, but never mind. I'm not bitter. <laughs> We're not bitter at all, but it does mean we can get to watch Games of Thrones. That's true. Yeah, Game of Thrones. It's been going on for ages. I can't believe it's like the office chat of the day. Once upon a time. Wow. Yeah, I know. That um, was. I, I I can remember when Lord of the Rings the movie came out. And the really old weirdos were like, <laughs> oh, I remember reading Lord of the Rings when I was a kid. But in like, but it was still Lord of the Rings, one of the, one of the hugest movies ever, was still this weird thing the weirdos went to. And it was this idea of like it being the pop culture talk was madness. As a graduate, I did a lot of freelance illustration uh, on uh, in the evenings and at weekends, and I started a kind of admin career whilst seeing where the illustration stuff would take me. And when I kind of came out of the university bubble and speaking to friends outside of uni who were into comics, because weirdly I was on a course where there weren't actually that many people into comics or pop culture, a bit difficult. So yeah, going from that environment to uh, what felt like a more restrictive grown-up environment doing admin work, the talk of the office was stuff that I just had no interest in. It was all eastenders or whatever and i was playing mario kart or whatever that's my usual analogy but now because of netflix and internet streaming it's game of thrones is basically a fantasy soap opera it's really weird and cool don't get me wrong it's very cool but if i feel like everything's done a bit of a 180 uh i mean what a what a time to be alive oh absolutely (laughs) in my opinion um there's so much crossover now between entertainment. I feel like I'm in a, a far more comfortable place than I was as a graduate many moons ago. Yeah, and it also means that because we're merrily getting ready for an expo, uh, we've got a lot of telly to choose through. Oh, <laughs> So yeah. we're not complete sofa junkies. It's just that we got a lot of really laborious physical labour. More on that later. About um, MCM. About MCM about, and, yeah, and yeah, what yeah. we've been doing. But we, we've just been chewing telly because we've had to be sitting down and doing mindless stuff with our hands. That does sound a bit rude. It's not supposed to be. Okay, rude. that's. That was... <laughs> anyway, what 
so yeah, we got we got now TV. Uh, we can watch Game of Thrones, which is why we're going to talk about the Get Down. Of course, we're going to talk <laughs> about perfect so, segue. So going from now TV back onto Netflix. Uh, <laughs> That's that's exactly what we're doing. Yes. Um, so yeah, let's start with the Get Down, which had season two launch on Netflix about a month ago. It had season one part two. Oh yeah. Launch because they don't have seasons. They have we'll make a bunch and see what people think, and then we'll run out of some cash and do the final couple of episodes on a slightly lower budget with less intermediary slots and more cartoons because that's cheaper. Uh, oh yeah, there was a lot of fast-paced storytelling narrative in the guise of Flash animations in yes. this season. I'm not quite sure how well that worked, but I think with season one, isn't it the most expensive Netflix season ever? They because they've got Baz Luhrmann directing, and they they did a <sighs> shut up and take my money at him, threw lots and lots and lots of money at him. But I think the pace might have been a little slow, hence the animation segments. Possibly for those who don't know the Get Down, the Get Down is essentially the st- the story of two. Two love lovers, star-struck, no star-crossed lovers, star-crossed lovers uh, in New York around about 1977, um, being at the cornerstone of every single musical development that happened there from from the viewpoint of teenagers because they run the world. It's the invention of hip hop, the invention of disco, the mistreatment of punk as a genre, and yeah, um, he'll be bitter about that for months to come, at if not least years. days, at least days. But um, the main focus is on hip hop and disco. Yes, so you've got the two main characters, Ezekiel Figaro and Mylene Cruz. Uh, Ezekiel is a young quasi hood, kind of hood, kind of office day worker, kind of. He's really com- he's really conflicted about direction. He he ha- he has a bunch of really good mates. The paths. They, that are crossed lead him into you know super corporate adult world um, but he's he's really good at, at poetry uh, basically the basis of rap yeah it, without because it hasn't it doesn't exist well, they, yet. at the time they're, they're calling it the get down but yeah. it's basically hip rap and hip-hop and he, he he's not claiming to have invented it he's someone who got introduced to it which mm. introduced the viewer to the world of it and then he gets to meet like all the grand grand heroes like the grandmaster flash you've got the zulu nation you've got um uh the incredible herc you've got the original originators actual original originators being represented in some of the historical context and he's he's like our our route into hip-hop and then it's the trials and tribulations of him um dating a a gospel singer who want girl a girl who's a gospel singer because her dad's the vicar of this local not doing too great church she wants he's very adamant that she sing soulful gospel music none of this pop music Um, stuff uh, it's it's people flip flopping in between. Do I choose the straight and ma- narrow path? Do I choose this exciting path? Actually, this is quite terrifying. Oh gosh, what's going to happen next? And it, there's a lot of crossover. Some yeah. episodes, the dis- it's all about the decisions these guys make, and it's enthralling to watch because you know some of it's going to end in pain. <laughs> and yeah, and you, you but you can't help but. You want them to follow those you've paths, got, but you also worry about them, don't you? Yeah, you've got a very lovable heroine. You've got a hero that you could happily slap with a fish. <laughs> uh, he's so well-meaning, but he is a little bit angsty. So much. Uh, you've got a supporting cast that's great, and there's, there's a lot of emotional turmoil going on. But you've got real events going on. You've got mm. real history. You've got them bumping into stuff. It's like a fantastic retelling of history yeah. with made-up characters and scenes, whereas some of it is based so, on yeah. actual events and past happenings. Uh, they've integrated a lot of original footage into the series so some of it's like original footage backgrounds with them in the front 
foreground acting stuff out a lot of technical mastery going on that you wouldn't necessarily notice very high production value really really great stellar cast and the main thing is the music is amazing um it's so good and season two has happened we're not going to give you the the full details on on how it ends other than it ends really really well and it sets them up for for conveniently very conveniently for the two heroes to then be at the next major musical nexus <laughs> uh just in time to then progress the story i don't know i, th- I think season two has been been picked up season three you mean yeah. season two we've had season one season one was in two halves no that was part two but they're calling it season one mm. They had season season one part one and season two, season one part two. They've decided to make part one and part two season one. No, that doesn't make sense. I'm I'm having a concern. You're having a <laughs> concern because it's a they've decided that it's not season one and season two. Season one is season one. But it's just in oh, two man. parts that had a massive gap between them. But when's the next part out? The next part. <laughs> I'm not sure when the next part is out, but apparently, you know, season season one um got shut the last part of the last part of season one part one was shown on august the 12th um 2016 the first part of season one part two was shown on april the 7th 2017 and somehow that counts as part one as season one i don't understand it either i'm not agreeing with them i'm saying that's how they've called it and you've got a headache it's dumb (laughs) i know it was one of those things where I'm like, mm, I'm not sure I'm going to like that. You know, I mean, I like many musical genres, but, you know, it'll it'll drag you in. It's, it's really dramatic. It's kind of like uh, a more earthy fame. I guess so. A bit more history, a lot more sex, a lot more violence, a lot more racism. Watch it. It's great. It's also a great way for people to get introduced to some awesome old music. It is. It really is. Um, I mean, you, you know all the songs. You have heard all yeah. the songs in some form and, or another throughout your life. And then it'll just make you think, ah. Oh, Be- I need to I need to get these whether you need to get them again or whether you need to get them outright you just need to listen to these songs again moving on uh, we want to talk about Riverdale we've we've just finished season one yes again on Netflix um, did originally air as I thought in the last podcast on the CW channel in America we get it weekly um, much to our sadness <laughs> yeah just to summarize the yeah. end of riverdale without giving away any spoilers good grief it just got compelling oh my god and it's multi-generational as well like going because my mom and dad grew up with archie comics i think i must might have mentioned this in the last podcast um and they're enthralled it has elements of their favorite sorts of tv series like mystery drama but I, there's no way I'd have thought my parents would really be they're coming up to retirement age there's no way I'd have thought that they'd be compelled by Riverdale as Andy and I were um yeah it's got that that high angsty high school drop but really it's it should have been called Jughead and Pals <laughs> really <laughs> Jughead is the most compelling character in it because as I said previously Archie needs a slap oh he did he, um, did he did redeem himself somewhat in the final episode or two we'll give him that he's redeemed himself but Oh my god! It's from my viewpoint as a series, it's it's not been able to for a lot of the time. It's not been able to make its mind up as what it wants to do. And then the last couple of episodes, it just went. We want to do all the terror, all the angst. You think this is dark? Have more. Di-. It was just so. It did pull it all together, though. It pulled it all together, and it actually made sense. But at the same time, you're just sitting there going, "Oh my god! How are they all not traumatized for life? Why are they still moving?" It was. 
it kill us? Yeah. We overboard. It was. It was great. But I, oh, I, yeah. I think, you know, start as you mean to go on. And they did. <laughs> so. well, I still I still maintain there's like one pen in the drawing room and three teams beating each other up with a mallet to see who gets to write the next scene. Maybe. It's so angsty. It's so funny. Of course, there are hilarious Facebook pages of Riverdale, oh, yeah. Riverdale memes and things like that. So to avoid spoilers, finish watching the series yeah. and then go a bit nuts on social media to find some funny jokes. Um, the second season has been signed up and announced, and I think it's due out in the autumn. Quite possibly. So, yeah, bring it on. It's, yeah, Molly Ringwald. Oh, yeah. She's turned up and was brilliant. Yeah. And she's still brilliant in it. Yeah. Christ knows who they're going to bring out the bag on the next season. That's just going to get. Yeah. The but... cast they've got is great. Yeah, yeah, cannot fault. They've changed Reggie. Uh, Reggie only appeared a little bit in this season and in some deleted scenes apparently so they didn't really make much of Reggie yeah. even though he was one of the original gang in the comics and Jughead finally ate a hamburger it only took like the last final episode yeah spoilers <laughs> <laughs> I threw my hands oh up in the air God. I was like when I saw him munch on that burger I was like finally <laughs> he's actually doing something in comics character but no it's good so uh, yeah bring it on it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's good we absolutely chewed our way through Santa Claus the Santa Clarita diet. Yeah, sorry, I kept calling it Santa Clara diet. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, so this features Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant, who, if you haven't seen Justified, he was the really, really awesome guy in Justified up against the other really, really awesome guy in Justified, and Justified's brilliant and have a look. And he was in Deadwood. And he was in Deadwood. Yeah, another um, another good series, but ended after three series and not very conclusively. However, segue, segue, segue. They are rumored to be sorting out this rumoured Deadwood film finally after about it's a decade going to be disappointing Anyway, 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 moving on, moving on. Uh, Santa Clarita, so Santa Clarita, the very simple setup because they they lay down the premise in like the first episode. Drew Barrymore's a zombie. So good. She's uh, she's a, it's a family of three: mom, dad, teenage daughter. Mum's yeah. a zombie. Mum's a zombie. And, and hilarity ensues. It's so deadpan and so funny. It's. Uh, because we're so used to seeing Timothy Oliphant have these really serious-faced roles. Andrew to... Barrymore. Andrew Barrymore, to be fair, yeah. She does serious dramas, and now she's just hamming it up so and badly. they have... At first, I'm not sure... I'm not sure whether some of the viewership get their form of comedy, but they have a similar back and forth. They have similar comedic delivery, which really works. For them as a, a couple on television and the the funnier the, uh, the more episodes you watch the funnier it gets because you just don't know what timothy oliphant's character is just going to come out with but the, the, that's the thing is that as you said it's the couple there the, the 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 massive comedy from it is the fact that it's a realistic couple there's ups there's downs that they're not a perfect relationship. The most of the comedy is them trying to keep a relationship going when one of them is a flesh-eating ghoul. Yeah, and the <laughs> and the really awkward social yeah. situations that stem from that. 
and how they react and treat other people whilst trying to keep this massive uh, thing, thing going. a I'm, secret. It's the, some I've seen. I read some of the criticism on it, and some people have been like, "Oh, it's just one joke." Ha ha! My wife is a zombie. I'm like, yeah, you know what? If my if, if 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 my partner was a zombie, that would probably be like the main part of my life at that point. <laughs> and you know, life changes, so you yeah, adapt. you roll with it. You roll with, but it's and and Tony Elephant is clearly stressed out of his mind and trying to keep stuff together. And at one point, he blows up on his wife and just goes. I'm stressed out of my mind because, hey, guess what? You're a zombie. That's stressful. Oh. And there's so much gore in it. And people have moaned about the gore. And I'm like, oh, it's she's it, eating people. Yeah. What I did mean, you expect? It's kind of cringy stuff. Like there's something to do with a, a little toe. That's really gross. But it's, it's obvious that they're made out of what, plasticine or something. If, but it's so gross at the same time. <laughs> if you're a couple, you're going to watch this and you're going to see yourself in at least a couple of sequences. Just because of the the back and forth and it, there's a the weird mon- connect to relationship three and in this really awkward situation, the like, mundane elements. Yeah, I mean there was a joke about shoes in the hallway, and I'm, <sighs> I mean I'm terrible at this. And Andy just looked at me; I just fell about laughing. Sorry, Andy, I have a lot of shoes. You have an awful lot of shoes. Yeah, but so there you go. So there's a prime example of like how the mundane can actually be really yeah. funny, really stupid. So yeah, take a take a look and uh, see if you like it. It's not for everyone, um, but it is good. We ended up watching more and more and more, and then bang, whoop! There goes the weekend. Oh yeah, just finished watching Santa Clarita. We did get we did get some cerebral viewing done over the month. We did. I feel like a grown up once uh, finished watching this, but uh, and it's a show that my mum and dad have actually been on at me to watch for years and years and years because they watched it when it was actually originally on TV. The Prisoner. Oh. <laughs> How many episodes do we say? Seventeen. Seventeen episodes, about forty five minutes each. Uh, yeah, 45 minutes each. For the people who don't know, it was a 1967 drama uh, co-created and starring Pat- Patrick McGowan. Uh, essentially, he quit a series called Danger Man, which was he was the highest paid actor in the UK doing James Bondian stuff. And uh, Lou Grade of, um, of ITV just went, do you got any other ideas lying around? And he went, well, I've got this one little thing. And Lou Grade went, I'll give you all the money. You can make it. And Patrick McGowan went, yeah, all right. And he went, is it a spy movie? And he went, kind of. And then it was a head trip. <laughs> it was, it's it's so dated, but it's so forward thinking at the same time. It is well worth, oh, as a piece of art, it really still holds up. Are we going to go to Port Marion on a holiday? We've oh, yeah. De- we've decided. It, it, essentially, the whole premise is uh, secret agent, and you find this out in the first three minutes, secret agent quits his job, won't to, gets kidnapped by mysterious forces, is in a place called the village where they want information we won't get it (laughs) you won't get it uh he gets given the num you know instead of names everyone's got numbers so it's he's number six the eternal bad guy is number two who is the uh main main person behind the main person behind it all is number one uh and they're in this weird like nice it's this village filled with other people who are all worried about the guards and mind as people have probably seen the most recognizable thing you've got the ball chasing people around it's kind of a victorianized world with everyone wearing smocks it looks a little bit like a prog rock hippie fest and everyone's got guns. it's madness very the fashions are very much of its time what did you say it took the beatnik on and turned it on its head well at the time um with like the in the 60s there was a certain tranche of the prog scene were uh reclaiming victoriana Mm-hmm. And Edwardiana, Edwardiana. Obviously, they were doing it anachronistically. But yeah, this series 
picked up certain parts of the clothing. If you check online and, and, and uh, Google for the prisoner, you'll see some of the clothing, some of the sets. They were picking up on that picture postcard, um, false England thing. Mm. And this show had that, but obviously it's in a village that's controlled by some sinister force where everyone's viewing everyone and everything's under surveillance and anyone there could be a guard or a prisoner or whatever. And is everybody there is figuring out who is what role everybody else has? Well, you don't know. No, of course. Some people are, some people aren't, all the way through the series. It's, so you had a lot of juxtaposition, I mean, which gets more and more as the series goes along and, and get, gets more interesting. And if you know the setting and the history of it, it's a really interesting piece of TV history because it's now, like, what, 40 years old? 40 years old. Oh, hang on. Maybe more, 50? 50 years old. Lots of fan theories Mm. still going about. The final two episodes, not even going to begin to talk about what happens at the end because it's something that viewers must sit down and watch. There's a build-up. Some episodes are filler. Some episodes are completely riveting. But it, they're all they're all good. It's very it's very surrealist in that if you try and watch it as a logical drama, it doesn't work. So no, a lot what, contradicts a lot other bits. What were we talking about? The power that some media has for example a uh, studio studio ghibli's ponyo does this for me where so many weird and wacky things happen one thing after another your brain just has to go nope right okay i'm just absorbing this now yeah. i'm just being entertained and you have to do that with the prisoner because you'll be overthinking everything and you won't get a conclusion out of it so you might as well just sit back and enjoy the ride but because because there's so much detail because there's so many elements in it and because the acting's the acting, the plot, and all that's so good. You've got so many bits you can chew over, and you can just be sit. It's something to really get your teeth into. Mm. And also, um, also culturally, it's obviously made in a very different and scripted and delivered in a very different manner to a TV show. Uh, how a TV show would be delivered today. So you, it's kind of. I think it's a cultural experience when you watch a film or a TV show from a different decade mm. and you have to kind of readjust expectations of how things are in it. For example, um, Patrick McGowan, he's such an angry man. <laughs> I tried watching The Prisoner in the past. He's so angry. Um, but it doesn't enamour you as a viewer to watch, whereas nowadays you'd have an affable everyman type of character as your protagonist. Mm. But yeah, you, it was kind of fascinating. Why is he so angry? Do I like him? Do I not like him? Well, very, know, very odd. Because you know so little about him. Mm. You know he's a, essentially. You know he's a secret agent. Mm. You know that he's resigned. Mm. But you, you know nothing else. So you don't know why he's angry. You, other than the fact he's been kidnapped and being held against his will, and he wants to leave, and yeah. all that stuff, which obviously would at least put most people on an irked level. Um, he's, <laughs> he's perma irked. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it investigates stuff about education, about you know, politics, obedience. Yeah, mainly I think politics, obedience, subservience, the individual versus the group. There's there's a lot of things that get questioned in it, but it never does it... It does it really bluntly and it does it really subtly at the same time. And the fact that you've got both things happening at once is pretty cool. Mm. And you... It's, it's just one of those things. You're watching it, it's an experience. And for, for me, because I ended up watching it in the late 80s, early 90s. And when I saw it, it was still quite edgy. As a, You know, for the telly of the time. We still quite edgy. So you're you're now what you watched it what twenty years later. After you. Yeah, after me. Mm. Um, cause, you know, and you watched it twenty years later after me, and and just to see how you viewed it was quite because mm. you were still a bit okay. This is quite <laughs> this is quite high. That, that it had that freshness to it. 
well, at least you appear to think to to, to view it with a but freshness. But it definitely had some art house production qualities. God knows how it got made. Well, I think th- because he it, conned the living because, shit out of Lou Grade. That's that's what he did. He, got, he was like, yes, of course, it's going to be another thing, maybe similar to Danger Man, maybe not. Yeah, is it <laughs> so, a sequel to Danger Man? Well, I'm in it. I was in Danger Man. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, and he didn't do much after this. He said he did various bits and bobs, but nothing ever. I don't think anyone quite trusted him <laughs> afterwards. Well, thank you for making the prisoner. Absolutely, uh, absolutely, watch it. Well worth a watch. We'll keep that DVD and no doubt watch it again in another couple mm. of years' time. Yeah, fantastic. I really, I hope they don't remake it. They did a remake in two thousand and nine, which was on the Sci Fi Channel. On the Sci Fi Channel, and. It was a good series, but it wasn't. It didn't need to be the prisoner because the premises and the um, the discussion and the conversation was so different. And so the it sounds was... like they made something and then put the prisoner name on it. They it's more... a bit a bit like the gem remake, but never mind. <laughs> it it's more along the lines of they went, let's make a prisoner remake, and then they they, they made a prisoner remake, but went, we need to have a conclusive story. And we can't have all the surrealism, and we want it to be a little bit more understandable. Yeah, that's not the prisoner. Exactly. Go away. The biggest problem I got with the idea of the prisoner remake is they want to do a movie. Mm-hmm. I can't see how you could do justice to that. Half the thing with the format we watched it is you got seventeen hours to establish all the concepts you've got seven, 17 hours to play with the ideas to get this idea of repetition to get this proper idea of inescapability to get this because he's constantly being thwarted and then when he gets a couple of victories you're like oh my son and they're small victories and that it, 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 it's something that needed that time poor guy he was he was properly bamboozled yeah each time the episode finished uh, the character's face was put behind um pr- prison cell bars bamboozled again <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. it was a pretty rubbish running joke, but it made us laugh anyway. It made us laugh. <laughs> but the idea of trying to put that even into a two and a half hour movie, yeah, nah. they, they, you wouldn't get that sense of length from it. Yeah. So, so basically, please don't remake it. We, like, we love it as it is, and so do many other generations. Mm. So, no. Yeah. Plus, Pat McEwen's dead. So mm. no one. He, even, no, nobody else. No. Even he didn't necessarily have a real understanding of what he was doing. No. So. I think that's what makes it glorious. Yeah. So, Andy. Um, uh, I need to stage an intervention. We need to talk about your police procedural addiction. My name is Andrew. Um, I, I am a police procedural addict. Filthy, filthy addict. Filthy, filthy addict. And, and uh, recently I have submitted my myself to Backstrom, uh, which is a police procedural. And I know I shouldn't because they're, they're basically the, the television equivalent of half a pound of lard. <laughs> <laughs> Are they though? It's the same thing repeated again and again and again, and they're not really necessarily good for you. Well, in a nutshell, what is Backstrom? So Backstrom is uh, Rain Wilson, ex of The Office, uh, playing a curmudgeonly miserable git of a police officer in Portland. Um, It was originally based on a series of um, Scandinavian books, and they went, oh yes, the slow, sullen Scandinavian style. Off to Portland for you. And it's... (coughs) It's it's got all the standard bits and bobs. It's got a ridiculous um, special unit that would never exist in any real police force. They have got one decent conceit in that essentially the police force this unit exists to cover crimes that the uh, that the mayor wants dealt with for political reasons. 
dot 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 um oh yeah that's the thing it's not like sinister or anything until you think about it for five seconds um but they're all murders other people committed it's got um the the rogues gallery of lovable misfits it's got the main character who's just an absolute jerk he the the opening thing is him seeing his doctor and finding out he drinks too much, is he smokes too much, he eats too much, he doesn't get any exercise, he's gonna be thrown off the force if he doesn't get healthy. And he then proceeds to spend like a season torturing his doctor into giving him the bill, bill of health even though he doesn't need it. He lives in a hell hole with his criminal chum and yeah, just loads of stuff. And the whole thing is he's one of these people that's a genius because he solves crimes. And the way he solves crimes is uh, by getting an awful lot, of, by being rude to people, getting a lot of information together, finding the suspect, and then go, doing the key shtick of the whole series of going, I'm you. Bah, 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 bah. Sounds charming. It, the whole thing is based around him just being a dick towards people and everyone going, it's okay, he gets the bad guy. Mm. Um, it's actually, I liked it. Um, in you the, liked it because it was a police procedure. Yeah, well, let's I, be honest. Yeah, let's, let's be honest. There was it. It got stopped after one season, and I can fully understand why because I got <laughs> to the end of it, and there were all these mysteries, and I was like, "Eh, I don't care." I'd watch all of it because it was there, but the, the problem was the murders weren't that interesting, and the whole shtick. Come on, guys! If you're going to murder, make it interesting. <laughs> the the puzzles to them were just a little bit whatever, and the whole solving shtick of him going, you know, this routine of trying to put himself into the mind of the suspect which is i think a standard police technique and nothing new or even slightly revolutionary that wasn't told. the the rest of the, the thing that kept me going through was the rest of the characters the mm. backstrom character you knew what was going to happen to him from the start of it you were just like he's going to get to the end and he's going to change his ways and all that stuff and occasionally he scrubs up and he looks great and he can actually be really socially debonair when he cares that wasn't that that great even though it was very very well acted it was the rest of the the, the characters they were interesting mm-hmm. they they're exciting but when everything's focused on the guy that's the caricature and you don't have you know so he's he's like the first line the backstrom's the main line and he's a little bit you can see where it's going and then the murders aren't that compelling and then the third line of the supporting cast yeah okay I don't think I'll bother watching it. No. no. <laughs> I'll be on. back with another one next month. <laughs> but it's not as good as 99, let's be honest. Bro- Brooklyn 99. Oh, yeah. But on the plus side, um, it's wonderful to have on the background one chewing my way through a whole bunch of work. So That's it's radio good. listening. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Some Sometimes I need to be able to watch as well as listen. Whereas, you know, if something's plodding along in the background and then you can do all this stuff, then, you know, it works as entertainment, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. I know that. Anything else happening in TV? There isn't kids TV. Yeah, that's what I was feeding you for. So, I'm a big fan of kids TV. I don't think you need to be a kid to enjoy kids TV. Did you grow up with it? Yes. Do adults make it? Yes. Are you a creative person with a mild interest in animation? Yes. I, you know, I fit all that criteria. So, uh, uh, I I am very excited. (laughs) My mum, I think because obviously I'm still her child, (laughs) my mum told me that uh, Children's BBC, the CBBC channel that we get in the UK on Freeview and whatnot... Um, BBC have actually commissioned 12 episodes, two hour long slots from the autumn this year of a series they are tentatively calling Live and Dangerous. It's the 21st century version of Live and Kicking. I'm weirdly excited about this. (laughs) It will actually get me up on a Saturday morning. (laughs) I'm actually going to watch Kids TV again. We realised our goddaughter has not grown up with any form of Saturday morning 
live kids TV. Oh, she hasn't grown up with any form of, of structured of, TV. No, you, nothing that you have to get up and watch at a certain time. And mm. that's a bit of an eye opener for us 80s kids uh, growing up into big kids. Mm. So, yeah, I really, I really am excited for this. I hope it's funny. I hope they commission some English stuff as well as, you know, importing American stuff or whatnot. I really am looking forward to it because we miss the anarchy. Um, we need something, uh, you know, maybe they won't be slapping people with tin pans or custard pies quite like they did in Tizwas. But, you know, I think... God damn you, health and safety. <laughs> health and safety's got a lot to answer for. But yeah, I, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't have such high expectations. But, you know, I hope it's going to make people feel happy. I'm excited. Since our last podcast I saw an article in the Radio Times mm. new, and this, this says new legislation set to increase UK investment in homegrown kids TV Ofcom will soon have the powers to encourage broadcasters to spend more money on British productions aimed at younger viewers absolutely right um, the new le- legislation backed by peers including an uh, old school grown up kids will remember this name former play school presenter Baroness Floella Benjamin oh, oh I was so happy to read this um, I'm just happy to find out that that she's now Baroness Floella Benjamin. That is we love some, her so much <laughs> for, for someone who grown up in that era and who spent so much of her youth being let's face it being taught and schooled by by her to find out she's now being cut be made a baroness that is just splendid it's so lovely and one of the quotations from this pitch i know that if all parts of the industry work together and if we get this right we can lift the lid on a huge well of untapped potential existing potential existing in our creative industries and once again create the world-renowned programming and even more of it that our children and grandchildren deserve it is my mission in life to make children's lives happy <laughs> yes yeah. how lovely um so yeah there was the the plug was pulled with the funding uh here we go there has been a 93 percent decline in children's programming made by commercial PSBs. On this trajectory, British-made children's programmes are set for extinction. So there we go. Come on, Britain. Well, it's nice, it's nice that, Flo, Flo, as I said, number one, you know, let's say it again, Baroness Floella Benjamin. <laughs> so cool. Oh, <laughs> We're so happy. We're that, on that alone. She, she did so much. It's very cool that they're doing that. It's also, um, obviously, I didn't realise it got so low in funding. Well, I always knew that... Fun- I mean, the arts cuts are yeah. always going to happen. Um, when I was a kid, there were a lot of British-made shorts on kids' TV. Um, there was an animation studio in Stourbridge. They used to make the shoe people. Mm. And then uh, when I graduated, yeah, there was a lot of animation outsourced abroad. So I decided to concentrate on comics as opposed to animation mm. as a postgrad who would do an animation and illustration at university. Um, I didn't really keep an ear to the ground about that that had happened, um, mm. but I didn't hear anything new for such a long time. And then that popped up in my feed. I thought, crikey, it has things have been. Well, well, the thing is, British kids' TV shows are made in episode quantities of hundreds, so that they can sell them abroad. And you think, well, what's what's specific about that? You could make that. You could outsource that. I don't know to a a lower paid animation section in a foreign co- what you know what's british about it or what's what's american about that you know american thing everything's kind of outsourced and it, i don't know there needs to be some form of i'm i'm partly surprised at how much has fallen out of kids tv but at the same time because they've put restrictions on advertising 
within kids shows mm-hmm. and you're not allowed to do as much product placement mm. kids tv shows it doesn't surprise me especially with like the itvs and that that they can't they can't get as much i suppose you can't have a 30 minute kids cartoon advertise being a 30 minute advert for a toy well you also can't top and tail it with as blatant advert advertising on it so mm. it's i can understand for the commercials why that's gone out and for BBC, if they've got their own dedicated channel and everyone can pick it up on free few view, then you shuffle it on there. So I can kind of get it. Maybe that kind of sums up the greater misperception of creative work, though. Oh, can you draw me one? Can you do this? Can you do this? And the devaluation mm. of it? Because I don't think people really see the behind-the-scenes making of. They just see, bang, the final finished product, not the blood, sweat and tears. Mm. But also, yeah, I, I rant and rave about it a lot. I think it's this country, this country, has not got a very high opinion of comic books or pop culture, really, in general. Uh, unless it's a BBC period drama, we don't seem to give a monkey. Meanwhile, at the cinema... Yeah, we got to go and see Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, two, volume two. Mm. Oh my. It was so nice. I think I actually enjoyed it a bit more than the first. It was probably a lot better than the first. It's mm. it's a thing I'm spotting with Marvel movies mm. is the first movie is the setup, the second movie is where stuff actually happens. Yes. Other than the Avengers, but then Avengers 1 was essentially the end of a lot of setups. So that doesn't that, quite break true. the trend. Um yeah, it was colorful, it had a good plot, it had a great soundtrack yep quite heartbreaking as well the colors were beautiful oh yeah really really fun and all the characters were very very cute and mean in appropriate amounts <laughs> for people who haven't seen it uh, the basic premise i think they mention it in the trailer star lord allegedly goes and finds his dad mm. uh hijinks ensue it's difficult it's one of those that there's so much happening in it it's kind of difficult to go into details without giving out too much the plot away yeah yeah i mean um, you you watch it for the banter behind the characters but there is more of a plot as opposed to let's introduce these characters and lots yeah. and lots of banter which was a pro and a con of yeah. guardians one but now that we know who is who and what they're like there's no backstory required really yeah i wouldn't say guardians one was the most rewatchable of marvel movies i'm not sure how rewatchable marvel movies are anyway but i can definitely remember walking out the cinema from guardians one and going wow, that was jolly good fun. Absolutely. And, and, then, and then when we watched it on Netflix, I don't yeah. know about you, but I didn't enjoy it as much as I no, saw I it No, I didn't either. I didn't either because no. everything had been done. So I'm saying mm. I don't think Marvel movies are very rewatchable. Mm. Guardians 2, I just left the cinema and I was like, wow, that really was an absolutely brilliant experience. Yeah. It was probably the most... I don't, I don't know if it was the best Marvel movie so far. I think it was quite possibly the most fun. It, it was a definite heartbreaker. Mm. Um, yeah really really felt there was it was heartbreaking in a lot of different ways those mm. there were ups and downs it was mm. it was you know people living and die living good lives and dying good deaths the mm. one thing i would say with all the fight scenes because you had these like massive multi-person fight scenes and superhero fight scenes can be quite dull they got this brilliant way that they they would just focus on one character a, a character who's doing a thing rather than all the superfluous stuff going on because there is so much stuff happening during the fights they went well why don't we just focus on the interesting bits at each point so there's there's never a dull moment or a filler moment or whatever in the fights it was it was brilliant recommended but yeah. it's still on by the time yeah. you listen to this hopefully so definitely definitely worth a look mm. uh, another one that's looking like it's going to be worth a look is going to be Wonder Woman now Wonder Woman is please, something please please something please that please I've been looking forward to for a while I was really 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 hyped about it. and I saw the first trailer and I was really really hyped about it. and then I saw the current run of trailers and I was just like oh, shit 
because it looked crap. Oh my gosh, whoever's in charge of retroactively fitting in scenes just needs to stop this with DC films. It, Has that happened with Wonder I Woman? Don't, I don't know. I know they have with everything else so far. All I know is that Maybe. the reviews are coming out mm. and people are saying it's good. So not uh, only might we have, go on. <laughs> not only might we have a good Wonder Woman movie, Please right, which will be which will be great because we'll have a good positive female role model, blah 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 blah. Mm. But DC might not be shit. They really have to stop. They really have to stop. Or they just need to let their creative teams just get on with it instead of corporate shenaniganery after things have been cut and finished and well, made stop splicing stuff justice league's in for another batch of reshoots uh, yeah because that worked so well with suicide squad well actually well didn't suicide squad do really well even though it's a bag of deviant art horse mule oh, i don't know the financials on it to be honest mm. all i know was that i got to the end of it and i was like wow i mean at the end of the day we're, we're the gullible sods that go every time we are we are we should probably stop giving studios money to go and see films that we know that we're not going to watch but I think we are a bit addicted to hate watching but I haven't, yeah. I haven't, I haven't got Gem lined up I'm not going to watch the Gem <sighs> film we also grabbed Mystery Science 3000 for people who don't know Mystery Science 3000 is essentially mm. a riff track uh, it's a couple of people watching there's a long convoluted sci-fi background to it but it's three people watching bad old movies and riffing along and making jokes. Yeah, they give you a commentary track. I wasn't as enamoured with this series as Andy and our mate were. Uh, were was. Um, we ended up watching the first episode of the new one, which is on Netflix, surprise, mm. surprise. And we ended up watching Reptilicus, which is apparently Scandinavia's only monster <laughs> movie ever made. And good, good effort, Scandinavia. When was it? 50s? 50, 50s, lately. And... and so yeah, Mystery Science Theatre 3000 on Netflix. Uh, I'm not sure what I thought of this. I think most of the time it was chucklesome. Some of the time I thought it was, it reminded me of annoying teenagers trying to be funny. Mm. And it kind of rubbed me up the wrong way. I don't know why. Maybe because I didn't watch the original Mystery Science Theatre. But So I think if you did watch the original, I think you'd probably dig it. But if not, maybe you find it a bit annoying. I watched the original Mystery Science Theatre theatre because apart from anything else there were a lot of movies that it was the only way to watch them yes because they were so bad no one had ever released them to vhs yeah and pre-internet um, you're not going to be able to just find yeah. these on youtube i mean th these are the, the other thing to remember is these are very bad movies mm. um quite the chance that if if they hadn't had that riffing stuff done on them they'd have never have got picked up interesting how, yeah when you think about it how it's got it's also it's got this it's got this convoluted background about sci-fi background about being a trucker going through space and getting caught by the the daughter of the original baddie from mystery science theater 3000 and the main character is being experimented on by being forced to watch these awful movies and he's got two robot sidekicks and there's a lot of convolution and a lot of complication around the framing device mm. um which I've never worked out if that's to make the framing device interesting or to justify the premise. It, so, to, like to, the curtains and the audience, the graphics, curtains and the audience and the like graphics the and the whole, the in, or the whole introduction. Oh yeah. Because you're what 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 you're doing is you're watching your the show is essentially you watching three people watching a movie. Yeah, it brings you into their environment. Yeah. I guess weirdly, it did kind of remind me of when the Game Boy Color came out and you plug that into your Super Nintendo and then you put a little Game Boy cartridge in it. 
and there were colourful borders that you could select. Maybe it's to do with the resolution of the film. I don't. I don't know. To bring you into the environment that you're maybe, on a spaceship with these guys. Maybe it's to make it okay that they're to to get people past the initial hmm. idea. And it, it it's interesting it, how you're they frame watching people watching film. a movie. Yeah. And it also draws you in. And some of the I mean the reptilicus some of the some of the shoutbacks and some of the, some of the callouts were hilarious. Yeah, they were because, yeah, yeah. and they're honestly. You watch these movies, and there's honestly dumb things happening in them. They're saying what you're thinking, and they're bringing up the the comments. But it is essentially watching people take the piss out of a movie. I enjoyed it. If you like that sort of, if thing. you like that sort of thing. Meanwhile, at the comic book store, free comic book day. Free comic book day. Scrounge's day around the globe. Come <laughs> one, come all. Free comic book day is great. It's. But I think a lot of people go into a comic shop, take all the free stuff, and then bugger off. And maybe they should actually spend some money in the comic shop as well. So, a lot of people do this, though. I, this is oh, yeah. true for everyone. Um, we went to Niche Comics in Huntingdon. Yeah, uh, lovely shop, lovely people, lovely comics, lovely Big books. shout out to the Niche guys. Yeah, shout out to Niche. Yeah, uh, so I picked up reads um, from Avery Hill Publishing. Um, that was a lovely, lovely going away for you. It's uh, old, they're old uh, 2014 compilation. It's just um, a bunch of, I don't know how to describe them. Just, Is it like an anthology It's comic? an anthology of what I'd call personal comics, and then they're not oh. superheroes. They're just dramas and and uh, histories and strange little in- stories. Is it all in black and white? And is it yeah. all... Uh, is a UK publisher, Avery UK, Press? UK publisher. Oh, some of, some it's, of it's in black colour. and white, some of it's colour. There's some nice. of the stuff which is um just... It's it's just a fun little pleasant compilation of stuff. And I've been reading through them. And it's it's not big. It's not huge. It's just very, yeah, personal Are they like stuff. down-to-earth comics? Yeah, down-to-earth. I don't no. know what the phrase would be. Dramas is the wrong phrase, but just personal little... Slice-of-life diary Yeah, slice-of-life diary. Well, it's a whole whole bunch of stuff, but it's great stuff. I, I really, really was happy I picked them up, and I will be uh, going and get some more of the Avery publishing stuff. And, and that's, the great thing money for it. that's the great thing about Free Comic Book Day, because there's no way Andy would have picked up that comic, I think, if it was just less on the shelf. Less likely, yeah. yeah. Less likely, less yeah, likely. that's fair. Yeah, there's all sorts of crazy stuff. There's a lot. There was a big Archie comics push to tie in with the Riverdale TV series, which was interesting. I think what's what I find the most compelling about what Archie comics do and have always really done is multiverse stuff. For example, the audience who watch Riverdale on TV may not have known about or read Archie comics and that kind of fun and peppy and that sort of fun-loving environment type of comics compared to the gritty, angsty Riverdale TV series. So maybe if you like one, you will like the other, especially now that you've been introduced to the same type of characters and Mm. therefore you are familiar with one version of the characters, therefore you may enjoy another version of the characters. It's, yeah. You may enjoy Archie versus Predator. Archie versus Predator is my most favourite crossover. That's because it's brilliant. It's, it's weirdly gory i think we took covered that in the last yeah, we episode did. but, but yeah, i'm just it's, gonna plug it again it's, it's worth good. the read i just can't get over it uh, one, one thing what's it about free comics comics book day yes if you are someone making comic books why not go to your local comic book shop and say it's free comic book day would you like some of my comics this is especially good i think if you've got back issues you can't seem to shift <laughs> which or happens you just to the best get of your us promo out of there. it's <laughs> yeah flyers well flyers. There, there's kind of this there's kind of this idea that it's the day that the big boys release 
their promo material and some everyone goes in and grabs like a 16 page you know 16 page gimme book for the big boys stuff um that's great or you can just go and hijack it as the small maker yeah. and and help your local i mean you, you, what's your local comic book store gonna do turn around and go no we don't want free stuff to give our customers all they can say is no thank you meanwhile in the workshop the star trek trachini <laughs> So, this, has anybody ever bought anything from Think Geek? I'm pretty sure someone somewhere has bought something from Think Geek. I might have done bought something for you like a million years ago, but I, I haven't recently. I think Think Geek mostly makes money off um, clicks somehow because it's the kind of thing that everyone. <laughs> I see loads and loads of people sharing the stuff, but I I never really see anyone buying the stuff. So the, mm. the latest thing they must make money somewhere. Um, I think it's possibly one of those companies that stays alive by osmosis or just incredibly rich people that we don't hang out with click but osmosis they've um, they've gone and they've added new um, thing to their product line uh, mm. they've added the Star Trek Trikini which is part of the of their Star Trek swimwear line brilliant so Star Trek the original series two piece swimsuit yeah. and one piece swimsuit and a uh, new and uh, the new generation one piece swimsuit and they're basically Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, they do the original series one piece, the original series two piece, and the next generation one piece. Great. On some levels, it's fish in a barrel. Okay, <laughs> it's swim. It is clothing for nerds for Star Trek. The probably one of the single most popular things ever. That in itself, not that staggering a thing. Thing that got me, thing that I really liked was um, the models for it were really diverse. He, lovely diverse cast yeah. um, and coverage of uh, people sizes. Yeah, lots of different yeah. sizes, lots of different, lots of different, uh, lots of different races, lots of different sizes. It, the Star Trek is all about that stuff. Mm. So to have that diversity in a Star Trek gear, and we all, is perfect. Yeah, and, and we always say this should be the norm. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But we're getting. It feels like we're getting there. We're we are. finally getting we are. there. I had a discussion with a friend and we were talking about gendering of certain things and sometimes I I just kind of wish that clothes what and everything wasn't split into girls this or boys that I just want it to be mm. shape and size so often have I gone mm. into the men's section and modified something or thought mm, I wish that was available in my shape or something you know maybe they didn't have trek trunks Trekkie trunks. Trekkie trunks. Now, as someone who's mm. not that much of a Star Trek fan, that I'm unlikely to to wear mm. them anywhere. I can't say. Ooh, I am disappointed. No, no. It would have been kind of nice to have seen Trekkie trunks, but then again, well, we can't have everything. We can't have everything. But maybe, but we have got some nice things. Maybe they want to see how the swimwear goes in these categories. Yeah, and maybe they'll develop it. You know, you can have your your Captain Kirk, uh, Green Lady, attracting <laughs> trunks or something. God. Come hither, look at my trunks. <laughs> So that would you be that would know. be a pair of trunks with a built-in girdle. <laughs> um, no chastity belt. <laughs> no chastity belt. No. It was it was nice to see someone riffing on something in a respectable fashion, yeah. and the one pieces looked kind of Star Trek respectable. If yeah, that makes sense. yeah, like they're not sexy Star Trek, like sexy video game characters. Yeah, it's like, they, they no, look like the that... kind of, of swimwear a real person would wear, as opposed to fantasy game woman or something. Yeah, it's not so... a piece of floss. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My butt um, cheeks just clenched as you mentioned that. No thanks. Yeah. <laughs> 
Good, good. Yeah. Good fandom. Good geek things. Yeah, it's, and it, yeah. all inclusive think, geeky nerd stuff. Think Geek Yay. are it's like them and Firebox, but I'd say Think Geek are a bit more at, at the forefront. So I think seeing them doing first, something like that and yeah. seeing them putting that into the advertising of it. And we're not talking like if you dig deep, with like on the front landing page, sure, you've got these... people who who would be described as plus size models. Sure, there's nothing offensive about that. No, they're, but, they're a different shape yeah. to someone who is not wearing well, I plus don't, size. I'm fine. just, I, I, I see. There's two ways of describing it: plus size model or hasn't starved themselves half to death model. Well, Those are the two ways to describe it. Yeah. But on the very landing page, you've got you've got that, and it's mm. just. They're not hiding them away. They're mm. not like a little bit of token. That's just like right up in your face. Great. And it's, yeah, it's cool stuff. So Andy. Andrew. Yeah. So, Andrew. Yeah. What have you been doing with yourself that I've assisted you with over the past couple of bank holidays and we sent to the printer? I accidentally a whole RPG, 32 pages of it. Andy's made a book. I made a book. Yay! Okay. I and a cast of lots of other people who helped me out on this. So, shout out to everyone involved. I checked it uh, in the tail end of 2015 i wrote the 90 minutes of mayhem one side a4 game it was like a pilot wasn't it pilot it was called the audience test the release brilliant and based on all the feedback and um based on people you know the number of people clicking on on the site and downloading the freebie and based on laura lovingly punching me in the arm until i did it um, Andy talks about making this for ages, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're just going to make you do it now. So yeah, I, I kind of love it, love it, quote mark, quotation mark, lovingly encourage Andy to. I've got the bruises still. Get get in front of that keyboard um, and hammer out some turn pages. It into a, turn, yeah, it eventually morphed from the original idea of doing a, of, of doing a color version of the one pager into doing an actual book, and then it turned into a into a 32 page uh, color outside lovingly created by a lovely wife and yeah so i've now got the 90 minutes of mayhem and that's going to be available that is now currently available on etsy so 90 minutes of mayhem type that into etsy.com so andy why is 90 minutes 90 of mayhem? minutes of mayhem is an 80s action movie simulator where you and your chums um get have literally 90 minutes to invent and tell the story of an 80s action movie it's got everything you need uh ridiculous it's 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 got the world's simplest um character system you have the name of your star no one's got no you know you don't have character names you have the actor's name because let's face it no one really remembers the name of the characters it's always Arnold Schwarzenegger in whatever you got that and you, you got like two skills and you got one table and you've had 90 minutes to go through an entire movie and it gives you all the the beats um, and all the structure you need to to segue all the way through it, and yeah, that's available on Etsy or it's available on RaggedyMan.net, and that's out. And that's going to be at MCM Expo. So exciting! It's also going to be where a lot of my badges are going to be because I've been making an awful lot of needlessly aggressive badges. <laughs> um, and if anyone out there is listening to this and is at the event and thinks they're important, I'm also looking for a shill to come and shill for my badges. I'm not good enough for just the shill, no, but we'd like, we'd like more shills, We please. basically, uh, if someone is willing to shamelessly promote my stuff in return for a bribe of one badge, I'll be looking for like one person a day to do it. You get a free badge, I get free promotion, everyone's happy, and hopefully I'll gain more out of the deal. This coming weekend, I think this podcast will be live before then. No pressure. <laughs> um, we will be at... Uh, MCM Comic Con. Yes. That is the biggest comics pop culture event in the UK. Yes. Um, 
I enjoy it very much. I actually haven't been for a year and a half due to illness and whatnot. And, ten, and concentrating on making books and whatnot and compiling Biomecha Book 2. It'll be the first time Biomecha Book 2 will be at an MCM. I'm hoping to sell some. Please sell some. They're, they're taking up room in my study. When was the last time you went to an MCM? I can't remember. It was a million years I ago. I straight up can't remember. I'll be... I know I'll be photoing and tweeting out from the event. Um, ridicule... Well, the combination of ridicule and, and all the awesome cosplay that goes around because there's a lot of that happening. Yeah, okay, so which stall are we going to be at? We are at table CS9. CS9, yay. I'm excited. We're on the corner, so you can't really miss us. Yeah, a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so yeah, the last time I took Biomecha Book 1, did all right with it. Um, so hopefully people will remember Biomecha Book 1 and they'll get Biomecha Book 2. And yeah. I'll be like, look, honest, I'm working on Biomecha Book 3. It's going to take a while, but I've got yes. Biomecha Book 3 underway. Um, I'm hoping to launch that at the end of the month, the next yes. bit of the chapter. Every eight pages I try and get out every month or every other month on oh. Patreon. But uh, yeah, bring on MCM, bring on comics. I get to see what comics other people have been doing as well. And I get to upset people with silly badges. Well, you'll upset the right people. <laughs> people who deserve to be upset. Yeah. Maybe, maybe some Doctor Who fans will get upset, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> oh, so funny. anyway, uh, as we said, this is our second podcast. It is, and we got, um, we got, got some feedback. We got feedback from the first one. So, so um, thank thanks, you. Thanks to everyone that downloaded. Thanks to everyone that got in touch. Thanks to everyone that said nice things. Yeah, thanks. So, we, we spoiler, sorry about the Logan spoiler, Donna. Uh, we got, we'll try and keep <laughs> things spoiler free and at least put a tag on the front side. Yeah, sorry. But good point. You are absolutely yeah. right. So, we think if something's been out for more than six months, this is a kind of pop culture podcast, assuming people will have seen. Yeah. For example, you had a lot. We, we didn't do any spoilers for The Prisoner, and that's been out for 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we hope to have learned from this comment. But no, you are right. Sorry about the spoilers. Um, I, we, we're going to try and keep things spoiler free. I'm, but yeah, six months more. Can't promise that. The other feedback we got was about general volume. Yeah. So Andy's had a play. Hopefully this episode is Hopefully a bit better for you. Hopefully this will sound better. So that's been the show for May 2017. Uh, the Raggedy Jam podcast is a free broadcast available from raggedyman.net slash the Raggedy Jam podcast, as well as iTunes, Stitcher, Podcasts, SoundCloud, and probably a printed manifesto <laughs> at some point this month. Raggedy Man can be found shouting at clouds on Twitter at Raggedy Man and at his website, raggedyman.net. Pink Apple Jan can be found at Pink Apple Jan Art on Facebook and on the website pinkapplejam.com. We love to hear from people. So if you have any thoughts on the show or things you want us to discuss, then please email us at superfortresshg at gmail.com. And if you like the shows, please share it with your friends. We're trying to get this out to as many people as we can. Tell them where to go. Tell them how to share it. Yeah, join in on the Pop Culture Club. So till next time, goodbye and farewell from the Super Fortress Hardcore Genki. Bye! Bye.